we are again, Paul. And uh, here we are, indeed, <laughs> in this in this webcast studio at yeah. uh, Ericsson headquarters in Schista, outside Stockholm, Sweden. Here we are, and we missed last week. We did miss last week. Like, yeah, that yeah was we were a little bit uh, off planning last week, but we will come back to that topic that we had planned for last week. And here we are. And today is going to be all about private 5G networks. What is that? Private 5G networks. That's a very good question. But before we answer the question, because <laughs> it's private, I wanted to talk about Essex. Yeah, what, what about Essex? Um, You're always going back to the old UK. The old UK. Have oh, you Brexited yet? Uh, tomorrow, I think. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, or maybe today, depending on when you're listening to this. Oh, or maybe it was last gracious. week. Oh, gracious, yeah. Uh, 5G was in the news this week in, uh, in the UK. You might have yes, noticed. And, a lot. And I'm going to kind of dodge the issue, really, and, and not say so very much about uh, what and who and why uh, in... 5G in the UK, except to say, of course, that we're already live in, in several of the operator networks there. And when so you say we, you're Ericsson. still talking about Ericsson. Right? I'm still talking about Ericsson. <laughs> we're an Ericsson so when, podcast. So when I read tweets from people on, on, on Twitter that say uh, Ericsson and Nokia, they're three years behind the competition. Yeah, it's, that's odd when like, we're already live. It's like, yeah. well, um, you know, that's a bit tricky, really, because we, we put our product out in 2015 which is uh, now supporting live 5G networks and I think we were first <coughs> well, so yeah. but uh, I'm sure there's uh, plenty of arguments to be had over a, over, a, over a tipple on uh, who was first and who yes. was best and, yes. and what we're going to do about yes. it and all that mm? but let's talk about Essex yeah um, Samsung have announced their new <laughs> Galaxy Tab Essex model <laughs> oh, so SX SX Essex so there was a British was or <laughs> British S joke S6? there. <laughs> so a tab. A tab. So a so a tablet. Tablet it's using an, uh, 5G. I, have we seen one of those before? Not that I know of, but it could be out there. But the well, first time I've heard about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, I've uh, heard the first time on the podcast, podcast, maybe I get to make a dud joke. <laughs> <laughs> or is that a dud joke? <laughs> is it a dud joke? <laughs> yep. And and you heard something about Sony had uh, said something about. Barcelona. Yeah, that they Congress. will release uh, new 5G phones for during Mobile World Congress this year. Uh, that's also that's just a rumor, but uh, yeah, fingers crossed there and, will be more phones. And that's just a few weeks away now. Yes, and we're it is. going to be there as well. We will. So if you want to talk to us at Mobile World Congress, reach out on 5G Podcast at Ericsson.com. 5G Podcast in one word at Ericsson, C and two S's, dot com. And we already have a few people that want to talk to us. So that yes. could be interesting. Yes. Yeah, right. Um, so that was Essex. That was Essex. Mm -hmm. You found a very interesting article that kind of uh, touches on our topic today. We're going to talk about private networks. Yeah. Um, and uh, private networks, that's all about building your own network for your business. Uh, enterprises, verticals and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and that comes down to what am I going to choose for technology? Uh, and, uh, and of course, we think that uh, there's a big role for 5G to play in in supporting digitalization of, of business, industry 4.0, and all sorts of stuff like that. In fact, we were in uh, supporting our managing director when he was in Davos, uh, showing together with ABB, Swedish engineering company, showing uh, 5G used for robotics. Mm. Uh, I was hearing about that just this morning. They had a, they had like two two different 
machines in two different rooms. And in the one room you could like write on write on a tablet, and then the robot would write what it would follow your handwriting and, and write it on the screen in the other room. Cool. Ooh, that was cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, obviously, five G is one of the options. But they also talk a lot about uh, Wi-Fi. Yes. Everyone, everyone knows and loves Wi-Fi, and there's a new mm. Wi-Fi six coming along. Right. Uh, and uh, there's an interesting article, so I'm told. In, uh, I thought it was interesting. <coughs> it was exactly. uh, lots of your uh, dear analysts uh, talking about, uh, the, uh, and this was SDX Central, uh, 5G, Wi-Fi 6 set to battle for control of enterprise private networks, was the heading of the That's article the that I read. So, so if you want to know the lowdown on, on what's the differences in technologies and, and how they might uh, pan out, go and read the article. Uh, but I think now we're going to talk about what are private networks and uh, why has 5G got a big role to play? Are, you, are we ready to talk about this now? I thought it was private. <laughs> well, it's like this. I don't think any of the listeners are going to tell. <laughs> uh, don't you want to talk about uh, the Netherlands, though? The Netherlands? Oh, we could do. <laughs> that's, uh, that's just across the North Sea from Essex. <coughs> Uh, yeah, there's uh, other Ericsson news. Well, not just Ericsson news. We uh, we opened a new 5G hub in in the Netherlands mm -hmm. um, in conjunction with uh, the high tech campus at Eindhoven. Uh, something somebody yeah. called Brainport Development. Mm. Uh, and um, I think we we've talked about uh, 5G in the Netherlands uh, like a year ago when they had like a little 5G competition stuff like that. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yes. 5G use case stuff. Yes. Oh, that was that mm. was cool. Um, and uh, the last one there is Vodafone Zigo, mm. uh, because of course if you're going to do 5G, you need to have an operating vault. Mm -hmm. We need spectrum and stuff. Uh, and they're they're opening up a, a hub to uh, to basically allow c companies, startups, students to to get in and and f you know find out what the technology can can do. Mm. So uh, Dutch people, if you want to try out some uh, 5G. <laughs> there is a hub available. <laughs> a 5G hub. 5G hub. Yeah. Okay, yeah. now. And you can, uh, you can uh, go and buy your uh, Samsung Galaxy Essex. <laughs> and, and buy your Samsung Galaxy Essex. Not in the Netherlands, though, because they don't have 5G network uh, yet. And I heard that it oh. will be a few years away, even there. So, but yeah, fingers crossed. Um, I don't have my finger on the pulse when it comes to Holland. I no. Yeah. Well, uh, anyway, now we're going private. It's going to be all about private networks, and that is enterprise private networks, Paul. I've been really looking forward to it. Oh, yes. yes. We're going to talk to Manuel, and, and he's really uh, high energy, really turned on, switched on, enjoys his subject. So oh, yes. So I think we're going to enjoy this one. Yeah. So let's get Manuel Ruiz into the studio right now. And talk private networks and 5G. Yes. Have, uh, Manuel Ruiz in the studio, head, uh, Ericsson's head of mission critical and private networks. Welcome to the podcast, Manuel. Thank you, my pleasure. <laughs> yes, I heard that you are uh, from Spain. 
Yes. And you are now revving up for the big Mobile World Congress, right? Exactly. It's going to be great Mobile World Congress. We are going to talk a lot about how 5G goes to the industries, go to the governments. We're going to have uh, different proof points. We're going to have different talks there. So then it's, uh, it's going to be quite exciting. Yeah. And this is a really, really fascinating area, private networks. Talked about a lot out there. Uh, and perhaps we should start off by explaining private networks, because I've heard that there are people out there who think like private networks is like your private network or a personal <laughs> your, your Wi-Fi at home. Yeah. Yes. And yes. That's not quite what we mean, is no. it? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, perhaps there is a, a lot of confusion with terminology since there are different terminologies used in the uh, in the sector, right? So then when we talk about private networks, and we're talking all the time about 3GPP, that means we're, we're talking about 4G, 5G, and then in the future other Gs, right? But 3GPP being the standardization body of the of cellular mobile networks, right? Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. We're talking always about 3GPP technology. Mm -hmm. So what is a private network? Because today uh, we're thinking about industry and governments all the time, but today they have uh, connectivity from the operators. But then in some cases they need dedicated connectivity. What, what it means? That means that they want to have a network, 3GPP network, that the data, they don't leave the real estate, for example, right? Mm -hmm. And this is what we call private networks. It doesn't mean that it's not operated from the operator. It doesn't mean that it does not belong to the operator, but it's something dedicated. And then there are different discussions on terminology, whether uh, networks licensing is private network, so then there are then different terminologies about this. Whether the private network is a physical one or is a virtual one. But in general, we say when there is a dedicated connectivity in 3GPP. Then it's a private network. Exactly. So, um, and I started off with thinking like, so do we see any private networks around our offices here at Ericsson? Well, uh, not in the office, but I would say in our facility, in our factories. Ah. So then uh, we have uh, we have private networks in our factories. So what what is the reason to having those things, right? At the end, when we're thinking about production, we're thinking about manufacturing. We uh, we want to implement use cases where we can reduce the. Uh, uh, the cost, we will improve the productivity and so on. And then we want to implement different use cases with broadband, with uh, low latency and so on. So that's the reasons why we need a private network. Ah, and that's that's when you really need the private network, when you have this like critical communication. Exactly. We, we used to say like three, four words. We used mm -hmm. to say when you require high availability, even higher than what the operator is providing, when you need high reliability, when you need high security. For example, about security, many times uh, they talk about, well, uh, we have talked with different industries and they said, we all know the inputs and we all know the outputs. Let's think about a car manufacturer, for example. We all know the inputs, we know all the materials that they buy, we all know the outputs, the car that is in the market. But the real secrets they have, it's inside the factory. So many times they said, we don't want the data to leave the real estate. Mm -hmm. But then in addition, they said, I want to have more flexible production. I want to implement a lot of things with robots. Uh, so I need 5G. So then at the end, we're, this is when we need these private networks for. And the, the 5G factories that we are now building up uh, all over the world almost, when I say me, I mean Ericsson, <laughs> not <laughs> me personally. But uh, that those will then have 5G private networks. Absolutely. Ah. Cool. But, but, but when you, because you're head of mission critical as well, uh, and and those two overlap really, the private networks and the mission critical. So do you want to talk a little bit about yes. so what, then, uh, what we mean there and, and what the background, where that's coming uh, from? Uh, absolutely. So then, uh, 
when when we are thinking about uh, 3GPP, right? Uh, we have had uh, 2G, 3G, 4G, 5G, and so on, right? So this is what we call in general 3GPP technologies. Mm -hmm. So then uh, the big thing that is happening today is uh, that industries and governments they are thinking: Can we use these 3GPP technologies for our communications, for our use cases, right? Mm -hmm. And then. When we uh, when we started with this, uh, we said which, which were the early adopters, and the early adopters to asking for I want to use 3GPP were public safety, were utilities, were um, governments, and, and they public, wanted public safety. That's people like the police, it's like fire exactly. services, and blue light, and blue light personnel, light right? Yeah. Absolutely, mm -hmm. and they start talking about mission critical. Right. So at the end, that's why for us it's part of the same journey. It started with very critical customers, but then it's moving to critical and business critical use cases. That is with with ports, with airports, with manufacturing, with mines, and so on. So for us, it's part of the same journey. Yes. And, and and they're coming from a background where they've got radio networks, private radio networks, which don't use three GPP te technology, which they're using primarily for voice and some yep. other services. And they're looking more like, what happens next? Yes, uh, then uh, there is a very interesting point right now, right? In addition to this, enterprise and governments thinking, what is the next technology for the following 15 years? And we know they are very sophisticated, right? Well, me as consumer, I can be, I can change easily from uh, one company to the other, but industries, when they go for a technology, they are going to remain in this technology. But then when uh, the first case that they see is like, now they have these kind of Tetra, Tetrapole, P25, what they are called narrowband communications. And it's... Uh, typical in the police, ambulance, uh, utilities, mining, and so on. So then the first decision that they are taking is like, how we evolve this technology? And then that's why they come to us. They said, uh, many years ago, it was, it was like eight, 10 years ago, they start coming saying, how we can evolve this technology? Should we replace, should we complement, or should we use 3GPP technologies? Mm. And then we have been working with, with these mission critical customers to improve the, the standards. It's not, a, not only Ericsson, I would say the whole industry, how we can improve the standards. There are different groups in 3GPP working on this. And at the end, they are adopting. I will say uh, today the early adopter is public safety. There are large countries moving from these uh, walkie-talkies, tetra and urban technologies to 3GPP. And industries are following. That's why it's mm -hmm. part of the same journey. Aha. Mm -hmm. Because when I think uh, private networks, I'm thinking possibly like, oh, you have the site that you have a private network on. But of course, it can be the entire country. Exactly. It could be like what we call very large networks. That could be even a country. It could be a state. Or we can talk about a small factory. But then there is something interesting uh, about that. Because when we talk with factories, they said, yes, I want the coverage in my factory. But I want also to track when the goods, they leave the factory in the track. Uh -huh. I also to be connected with the other factories. I also want to be connected with my subcontractors. So we are seeing a very interesting dynamics that private networks um, are bundled with public networks. That means the operator, they can provide the public network, but also the private network. But there is like a roaming between both of them. Right? Interesting. Where do you see this uh, taking off? Uh, which industries? So we've moved now from sort of government, blue light, to industries. Where, which industries are first? Yeah, I would say they are... Uh, there, there's a lot of interest from different industries, right? Mm -hmm. But, uh, and I used to say that there are some of them, they are experimenting. Some of them, they, are, they have already decided to move, right? So the ones that we see uh, really mature is when we talk, for example, about utilities, energy, oil and gas. They are, they are really mature on that. Mm -hmm. And there we had a, an example uh, in the last podcast where we talked about uh, this uh, Northumbrian water company, Paul, uh, UK. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the UK Northumbrian water. Do, do you know about that one? 
He's shaking his head. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about that at the, in the last podcast because there was a news coming out that they would use a private uh, network or test a private network at their uh, facility for... for uh, so, I mean, they were, they were doing a, a, a number of things. You know, they're talking about building 5G, 5G network on site with, with Radio Dot, but also being able to go out into the, into the area around using augmented reality to actually like look in the street and see where the pipes run and those types of things. Mm. And and also that's a good example of yeah. uh, of combining. You know, yeah, like and an also getting a, uh, the, the consumer view so they will have a, an easier access to the data. So yeah. it was all mm. sorts of... Uh, and and this is very interesting because then uh, we are talking always about different use cases, right? Mm. It's not that all the use cases, all the applications are going to be done in the first uh, at the first moment, but they need which is the the first application that will be the killer application that they decide mm. to move to 3GPP. But they, they understand that there is a journey. One of the interesting examples, uh, when we talk, for example, about energy, uh, it was in the US. We deployed with Southerlink. It's uh, a utility uh, in, in the US, in the south of the US. So then at the end, they have this, exactly the same trade-off that I was talking before, right? They have an urban technology, and they said, how we can evolve that? Because we want to keep having our what they call push to talk. That means they press the button and they can talk. Mm -hmm. But we want to be able to track the workers. We want to be able to have IoT use cases. They want to be able to have broadband. They want to be able to send video and so on, Mm -hmm. right? So then uh, they decided to move to 3GPP. So we have deployed a large 3GPP network. It covers probably three states in the US. And they started by voice. But of course, they have the journey. They understand once that they are in this technology, there are many use cases that Mm. will come. So they started off as like, okay, we want to have sort of like a walkie-talkie possibility with our people in the field. And from there, it's like evolving to now we want... Absolutely, that's the the, the, the main yeah. uh, need that they have. But they understand it's a journey. Yeah. So we, we used to th- uh, we used to say that when industries and governments they move to three GPP, they understand it's a journey. It's mm. not just a journey in the uh, in the application in the use cases. Mm. It's also a journey in the Gs. We know it's again fifteen years. Oh, yeah. If we keep the same pace, <laughs> it's going to be many Gs, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and also the interesting thing as well. And, and we see a big change there. It's like those industries, those governments, they are also coming to 3GPP to put their requirements, saying, well, mm-hmm. we have these kind of needs, not just for consumers. The industries, we have those needs. So we're seeing more and more industries and governments being active in the 3GPP standardization. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And then if we're talking about that, should we go over to Spectrum? What's yep. the Spectrum <laughs> aspects of this? Because that's, the, that's yeah. a lot of government uh, involvement in the Spectrum. And, and we've talked about Spectrum before, so all of our listeners understand Spectrum. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> they are happening many interesting things in the Spectrum, right? Huh? Of course, the operators, they have a Spectrum. We have uh, they have a spectrum, mm-hmm. and and we believe, and we can talk a bit later about this about the the operators. We believe they have an important role here. But also, what is happening is that industries they are influencing the governments to have a spectrum as well. And then uh, we can mention uh, CBRS in the US. Yeah, because that uh, was just uh, that just came out this week. The yes. CBRS uh, that they. And we've, I think we've talked it's, about it's this before. It's approved and released, and, they, and they've um, approved also the th- three companies that are going yep. to kind of manage the spectrum database. And uh, talk a little bit about CBRS. What is it? This is unlicensed spectrum. Just give us a quick recap. Well, it's well, uh, w- it's kind of licensed. <laughs> no, yeah, it's, it's, no, it's, 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 it's licensed. So, uh, it's kind of licensed. It's licensed, unlicensed. Mm. Uh, and the other thing, when, when the governments, they have a spectrum in one specific band, they can say, and this is the, the, the typical case, they allow the industry in one specific area to use this spectrum. 
So then uh, it was uh, released like uh, one, two months ago in, the, in Germany. What is the cost of having this spectrum? In some countries, it's almost free. In the rest, they are also almost free, right? So then uh, in Germany, for example, you can fill your application. I want to have a spectrum in my real estate. That means in my, in my factory. And, uh, and you pay a, a small amount of money. What is this um, a small amount of money just to give orders of, magn of magnitude, right? Uh, if you ask for 100 megahertz, for a factory that could be like uh, one kilometer by one kilometer, it's a big thing, right? It's like around six, seven thousand euros per year. So then it's for, a, for an industry, this is free spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about that in Japan uh, yeah. uh, some weeks ago, and they said, well, it's almost free. I said, no, this is not free. <laughs> <laughs> we will tell you what is free. <laughs> so then we see this trend happening. Uh, however, uh, we believe that uh, it's interesting what is happening, but we do believe that the operators have a very important role. Mm -hmm. We think having the spectrum in one specific site is not enough. And uh, I mentioned before about uh, you want to track the, the goods when they leave, you want to be connected, you want to have roaming. Also, interesting things that we see is when they ask about who is going to manage my network. Because yeah. for industries, managing a network means uh, doing some things, right? It's like uh, for me, managing my Wi-Fi at home means some things, right? Yeah, you need to do mm. some sort of maintenance yeah. and yeah. make sure that it's up it, and you have it, to have it comes IT back to this question: what's, yeah. what's your core, core business? Your core business is is not managing a, a exactly. not managing networks. Mm. But when we when talk you, with when an you operator, want to run a factory, absolutely. Yeah. And when we talk with an operator that they are experts in three GPP. What is managing a network? It's a complex thing behind, right? We have a life cycle management. There are a lot of things that need to be done in the network. So then at the end, we believe that the operators will be able not only to provide the roaming that I mentioned before, but they will be able to provide simplicity to the industries. As, as you said, they need to stick to what is their core business. They don't want to have a department just for managing a 3GPP network. However, they want all or, the advantages, right? Or managing right? a Wi-Fi network for that matter. Yep. And then, um, so then it's a very interesting dynamics, right? The spectrum, what is the role of the operators, uh, what industries are coming. It's a quite booming uh, topic today, right? Yeah. Mm. And it seems like you, you're getting a lot of questions about this. Uh, yes, yes. We all are, the time. Uh, yeah. I, I, th I, I used to say that um, there is a lot of uh, explanation. We, we need to explain a lot to the industries what that means, right? We see from operators. We see a, a lot of interest because at the end, uh, when we think about large operators, right, and 20, 25, 30% of the revenue comes from their business to business. Mm. So then at the end, they understand that, well, it, they are their customers there. But also, they are, uh, there is an interesting potential of growth, the business, by these private networks, bundling, providing services, and so on, right? Mm. Yeah. So, so what the the operators then, the network service providers, they, they, how do they start off? on this journey. And I mean, because we've been talking about network slicing as well. And yes. is this the same as network slicing or how, how is this different? Yeah, the, it could be a bit of terminology, but um, but let's think about an industry, right? Or let's think about what an operator needs to offer to an industry. Uh, for us, the first uh, the first thing that uh, an operator needs to offer to an industry is network slicing. That means uh, using the whole operator network, uh, some kind of quality of services and so on. If this is enough, for what the industry needs, that's good yeah. enough. Right? And the network slicing, you should say that that's like a dedicated part of the network is exactly. like dedicated for this t type of traffic or for this uh, customer. Yep. Yeah. yeah, but there is no need to have uh, any equipment on site of the industry. Right. But when we start talking about high availability, high reliability, high performance, security, data not to leave the real estate, is when the operator, they start putting some elements in the site. But there is a combination between network slicing and start putting some things on the site. 
So at the end, we start talking about these concepts of cloud edge. We start putting piece of the network, technically the, the BNFs, so BNFs of the network on the side of the of the industry. So B- uh, this BNFs is... BNFs. Virtual, ne- virtual network functions. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so then at the end... And, and that's basically software running on the on exactly. cloud okay. computer somewhere. Mm-hmm. In so this case, at the edge. Yeah. So uh, at the end, what we are talking about is start moving things to the edge, to the industry, but keep... Uh, Closer to the, to the user to, to look, get the latency down, yeah? yeah? Or, for example, for the data not to leave the real estate. When we talk about networks, we used to talk about the control plane, all the parts that control the network, or the user plane that all the, where the data is moving. So then uh, parts of the, uh, the complete user plane is one of the options. And then for the very, very extreme cases, it will be everything on site. But we used to say that these very extreme cases... Either it's something very simple to manage or the industry, they have the appetite, the budget, the capacity to be able to operate this 3GPP network. But in general, we think this hybrid model is the one that is, uh, that is going to, uh, that is getting much more attention in the market. Mm. Yes. Uh, the one thing perhaps we should, because when I, when I started reading up on this topic, uh, I actually uh, checked out this white paper that you've just released uh, just a few weeks ago, which is called Critical Capabilities for Private 5G Networks. Uh, and I guess that if people out there want to know more about uh, this this area of uh, private 5G networks, uh, they could check out the details Absolutely. in this techie white paper. Absolutely. <laughs> and we're talking about, especially when we're thinking about... Uh, um, and users that they are not consumers like us, right? Which kind of critical capabilities we need? Uh, that's why you mentioned what is my title, mission critical and private networks, mm-hmm. because well, how we put these critical capabilities into the 4G, 5G, and the future other Gs, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we'll link it in the show notes for yep. this episode. But 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 a question for you: if, if if I'm sat out there working in an industry, what are the different pieces that I need to? Uh, to think about to be able to bring in 3GPP yep. networks into into my business. Yes. So then, uh, at the end, there is a there is an education. There is a, a, a learning, right? There is a learning in this process because not all the industries they are familiar with 3GPP technologies. So then, uh, the the typical journey that we see is like they talk with their operator that they are providing the service to the industry in that case. I say, well, we have these use cases where industry, for example, manufacturing or automotive. Uh, so then uh, they talk with the operator, they check with other industries with which kind of use cases. And the most important, they need to have a pain. Why they want to move to a private network? Mm. Is because they want more flexibility in the factory? Is because they want to implement some use cases with robotics? Is because they want to uh, replace their existing walkie-talkies, push to talk that they have? So then they need to have a need, but then talking with the, oper- to, with the operator, talking with other use cases with other industries. And there we can help as well. I think in, the, in our web page, we have different use cases, different references for different industries mm. that they have implemented that. Yeah. That would be like the first step, right? Yep, and and you've just made an announcement with uh, Capgemini. Yes, what's, what's that all about? Uh, one, we think that one of the one of the challenges many times is uh, about the digitalization, right? One of the big challenges for the industry is how they digitalize the whole production, the whole the whole capabilities they have, and we think five G could be 
play a very important role there. So then we saw that although uh, our go-to-market clearly is through operators, through service providers, this is the strategy of the company, but uh, sometimes the operators come to us and say, well, in some cases they have the capabilities to address the industries directly, but in other cases they said, which are the company, the system integrator that can help us in this journey, right? Mm -hmm. So then like three, three legs here, right? It's Ericsson providing the... Uh, the uh, the service provider, the operator, and then we have, which is the system integrator that can help us to address those industries, to address the digitalization, not just the connectivity. So then we uh, started a partnership with Cargemini within the, they have strong skills in digitalization of the industries and it's working fairly well. Mm. And they, mm. they, have a, they are a global company as well, so yes. they can offer this uh, all over the world. So I guess that's a strong partnership in this area. Sadly, they have a strong uh, relation with many, many industries around mm. the world. The mm. operators as well, but then we see that it's a very good combination. We mm. see this gap, and we see this is the way of filling this gap. And mm. the first uh, service provider operator that we're working with is uh, Telia in Sweden. Exactly. Yeah. So mm. that seems like an interesting, and we're going to see more than coming out of this uh, area, for sure. Well, what can we expect uh, to see from uh, during a mobile congress from your area? So in Mobile World, there, there are many things that we cannot talk yet, right? <laughs> <laughs> mobile okay. World used to be a surprise, right? It should be a used surprise. used to be a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Don't but give yes. us everything. <laughs> but we are going to talk a lot about private networks. Uh, we are going to talk a lot, uh, a lot about the industries. We are seeing many industries now coming to Mobile World Congress to see why these 3GPP, 5G technologies, they can do for them. Oh, yeah. And, uh, that's but an, I think that's uh, an interesting shift in, you, the, in the in the who goes to Mobile World Congress, because yep. it, it's not just the telcos. But I think um, to get the press news, you need to go there. Yeah. <laughs> ah. <laughs> or read all the press releases that's going to be around it. But you, you, you promise that will be a lot of private network news there. Yeah, yeah. there will be things about private networks, yes. yes. Or listen to the podcast, because we will be at, uh, in Barcelona. I'm sure we will be, uh, we will be talking uh, yeah. to some of these uh, people. Talking about yes. the news. Mm? For sure. Anything else that we should mention? We talked about uh, the operator or service provider side. We talked about the industry side. We talked about uh, what is private networks? Uh, what are the first uh, uses for it? Uh, we've tried to talk about 3GPP, Wi-Fi, all the technical lingo. Anything else? I think we cover quite well. Uh, <laughs> the only thing is like uh, we are, we have, as you said, a lot of information over web page, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Where, uh, where they can go deeper in, in, in this topic. Yeah, because there is a lot of technical stuff behind it. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. Of course. I think it's the heavy 3GPP technology. <laughs> 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 mm? okay. it's, it's, it's all software. It's not that heavy. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, uh, many uh, minds, many engineers behind, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Many minds, exactly. Excellent. So thank you so much. My Manu. pleasure again. Uh, yeah, thank and you. thank you everyone out there for listening to this exciting episode about private networks. And 5G five private networks. Yes. Thank you and bye. Bye bye. bye, -bye.